0: Are you ready?
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. My name is Anthony, and I'm here with you. And today, we're going to talk about football. We're going to be talking about women's football and what we can do to grow the game and get more young girls and women involved in the sport. And I've got two very special guests today that are going to be here to talk about just that. So, we'll be right back, and we're going to get into the episode with our special guests. I am honored today to be joined by two amazing pioneers in women's football in Canada. They have founded and organized the first annual women's football conference, which will be held starting Saturday, February 18th and going on to the 19th from Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. Taylor McIntyre, Emily Todd, welcome and thank you for coming on today.
2: Thanks so much for having us, Anthony. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. So, I mean, you guys have done a lot of work in football. But where did it start? So for each of you, uh, what was the beginning? Where did the love of football come from?
2: So, for me, I grew up watching football, playing football in the backyard with my dad, and even as a young girl, you know the oldest of three, um Dad wouldn't let me throw a football wrong. he was always showing me how to place my fingers on the laces and kind of bring my arm back and follow through and So, from a young age, I um, absolutely developed a passion for the sport. Um, I actually went on to play high school football was the first female player at my high school to complete a season. Played um, receiver and backup quarterback in grades 9 and 10. Then in grade 11 and 12, went on to coach the junior receivers, so stayed involved. And then there's actually uh, about a 14-year gap there where I was just a football fan, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I was able to grow my passion for the game. Um, but then in June 2021, McMaster University created the Women's Coaching Apprenticeship Program, and I was one of two successful applicants nationwide to be accepted into the program. So I just finished coaching my second season at Mac and uh, also heading into my second season with Team Ontario. So um, still just as passionate about the game as ever and love being a daily learner and soaking up and learning from other coaches in the sport.
0: And then for me, so I grew up uh, playing soccer. So I had a soccer family. Um, My uncle actually coached at the University of Guelph. um, So I went to Griffin's games before I went to Western University And I thought I was going to end up going to Guelph just because I fell in love with the team and with football in general, and then realized I should probably focus on university instead of just who their football team was. So I went to Western and then I volunteered with the Western football team for three years, um, just helping out their equipment manager. And I just wanted to be on the sidelines. I wanted to be part of the team, just doing anything that they needed me to do to support. And then from there, I helped out with a local high school team just running their social media so I went to their practices and their games and uh, created a website for the team and did like player profiles for them and then I got the opportunity with Football Ontario um, to start as their female development coordinator so focusing on like women and girls programs in Ontario and then from there I became the general manager of the first uh, U18 women's tackle team for Team Ontario so then traveled with the team which led into my programs manager position that I'm in now. So I still have a focus on the women and girls side of things, um, as well as flag football, and then our grassroots programming as well.
1: That's awesome. You guys have both had such an impact in women's football. What were some of the challenges that you each faced as women in a air quotes, because people can't actually see me a male dominant sport like football?
2: So for me, I think, um, you know, as a player, uh, grade nine and 10 boys aren't always the nicest. So, you know, just telling them that I, you know, I had a couple comments uh, hearing from them that maybe I didn't belong on the on the field with them. Um, there weren't a lot of players, you know, I definitely had to prove myself, but there were a couple comments here and there that, didn't really feel, you know, as warm and fuzzy as it could have, you know, maybe playing with with girls or a more like co-ed team. Um, But nevertheless, you know, that's um, a barrier that I had to go through. And I was so grateful to have the support of my dad as one of the coaches, but also the entire coaching staff. And a lot of the players, especially the players that were a year older than me, you know, they knew that I was just trying to, you know, play a sport that I loved. And so they were super supportive about that. So, um, you know, and then in terms of coach to be honest I haven't had that many barriers I think uh, it's about time that these opportunities start surfacing for women in football and for female coaches specifically so um, I just continue to follow one, o- one opportunity after another and I've been so blessed and I'm so grateful for all the opportunities I've had especially over the last
0: two years. So for myself um I find similar to Taylor there haven't been as many barriers as one would expect any team that I've worked with all the coaches and players have been really appreciative of me being there and really welcoming um I think one of the challenges was that there I didn't see as many women in football operations or football you know management or administration roles earlier on so when I was helping out with Western I sort of knew that I wanted to continue in football but I didn't have the background to be a coach or, you know, involved in athletic training or strength and conditioning. So I wasn't really sure how I could continue, but, you know, taking different volunteer opportunities and just being willing to help out teams, the coaches saw that like passion and dedication, I think in me. And then from there, you know, more doors opened up like with the general manager position and now with the football Ontario position as well.
2: And something, if I can jump in, Anthony, something that I love to refer to it as is a male prominent sport, not a male dominant sport. So male prominent means that, yes, there tends to be more males than females or other gender minorities in the sport. But at the end of the day, it implies change. It's saying that's how it was in the past as a male prominent sport. But looking to the future, football is becoming more inclusive. We're seeing, you know, more genders, um, more people involved from all different backgrounds. So it's super exciting. So I always like to mention that, that I refer to football as a male prominent sport as that landscape is changing.
1: That's a great way to put it even better way to put it. I had mentioned in one of my previous episodes about terminology needs to change, that they're still using the old term, nine man, six man, 12 man, how has it been changing in the eastern side with that terminology changing, and more male coaches trying to I guess, fix those stereotypes?
0: Um, So I think I've seen from the coaches that I've been involved with, they're, you know, fixing what they say. So for example, if I hear someone say like nine man roster or something like that, they'll say nine man player. So they are sort of like hearing it when they say it and they do say player or they'll say like women and girls tackle instead of just, you know, like the regular like boys or male comments that they might've made.
2: Yeah, I think, and like you mentioned, um, people are catching themselves saying something and then they correct it. So I think that education piece has been there over the last couple of years. And people are starting to recognize their language and their behaviors. And they're starting to make those corrections, um, you know, to their own actions and to their own language. So I think that's super important as well, um, is just having that recognition and knowing it's the same thing, right? If I'm coaching a girls team, sometimes, or, you know, girls or gender minorities, I'll catch myself, hey, ladies. And then it's like, shoot, we can't just assume that everyone identifies as a female. So it's, hey, everyone, hey, team, bring it in you know, it's using those gender neutral terms. And I think that just adds to the inclusivity of the sport.
1: Earlier this year, the CFL announced its women in football program where each of the nine teams invited someone to come to training camp, whether it was coaching or football operations. Coach T, what was that experience like with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? And what was the reception?
2: Wow, the experience was just amazing. Honestly, it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And I honestly get a little emotional. You know, as soon as I stepped foot into Winnipeg, it was nothing but support. I had players coming up to me and introducing themselves and saying, Hey, I love what you're doing in Ontario. Love what you're doing at Mac. Like, keep going forward. And the best thing was, like, even at rookie camp at the very beginning, players were coming up to me and asking me questions about the playbook or about a certain release or about a certain route. And so they really, you know, I think I had to prove myself, but I think now my experience and especially within the OUA, uh, that speaks for itself a little bit, right? Um, I have a personal motto, be the hardest working person you know. And so I really stand by that. And I really try and perfect my craft every day, but to have CFL players come up to you and, and want to know a little bit about your story, a little bit, a little bit about your journey and your background, but then, to have them ask you questions and to rely on your expertise um was was an amazing experience. And um the whole four weeks it absolutely flew by, I learned so much, probably, you know, at least five, 10 things every single day that I could add to my coaching repertoire. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was an amazing experience. And one thing that I learned that I've heard from some of my mentors is that players don't care if they're being coached by a male, female, or other gender minority. Um, All that matters to the players if you can help them be better at the end of the day, that's all that they care about. They just want to improve their game. They just want to improve their skills or their mental health or uh, a certain ability or a skill that they're working on. So as long as you can help a player be better at the end of the day, that's all that they care about. They don't care about the gender of the coach.
1: And then to Emily. So as the programs manager for football, Ontario, how important is it to have more programming that's geared towards women and the, you know, their gender minorities? Just what's the importance of having that programming and getting more of it?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So this is actually perfect timing. We just had our first ID camp yesterday for Team Ontario at Waterloo. And, you know, just to see, the turnout um we only had one returning player come to that id camp so everyone else that was there was brand new so had you know heard of the tryout somehow but i think it's just important to give these opportunities for uh two girls to play with other girls. Uh, like coach T said, that's something that wasn't as available to her when she was playing. And, you know, it might've been something that sort of kept her in that playing space a little bit longer. If it was something that continued past high school, um, like we have now like the CCWFL. So women, even at their like past that high school age, they can keep playing. Um, it's just a matter of keeping girls in sport and having programming that's specific to women is one of the ways to do that. Um, we've also started to offer programs for coaches to learn how to coach women and young girls because their motivations are different. You know, they want to get into sports to like make friends. They want to win and they want to, they want to beat the other team, but you know, they want to make friends. They want to improve their mental health. They want to stay fit. So, um, I think having those programs for women and girls specifically are really important. And it's just as important to have coaches that know how to coach women and girls as well.
1: There's a number of players in the WWCFL that are actually transgender. How great is that to see that, you know, they feel comfortable and confident to be able to come out and do that as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And again, you know, on our team Ontario team last year, we had a couple of players who, you know, identified with the LGBTQ community and just to see the coaches that were really supportive of that and the players that were so supportive and, you know, in that type of competitive environment, you never know maybe how something like that is going to go, but just to see them like lift each other up, like that wasn't even a worry. They just like bonded immediately. And, you know, I think that speaks a lot to, again, it's super cliche, but just that football is a family, like your teammates with those people, they become your family. And in these tournament styles that we do, like for our team Ontario tournaments, you're living with those people for like a week and they become like your family. So I think that's, that's awesome just to have that supportive community.
1: And speaking of the importance of programming, the first annual women's football conference is only about a month away now. Uh, This is really exciting and it's really needed. Where did this idea come from and what was the original goal of it when you first started putting this together?
2: So actually, after I got home from Winnipeg, I had a bunch of ladies reach out to me saying, hey, I've been following your journey. I want to get into football or it's my dream to become a football coach or I want to get into football ops. How do I get started? Who do I talk to? What courses do I take? And so I was always copying and pasting these messages back and forth, just trying to make these connections for people and Uh, really to get more women and gender minorities in football and get them involved in the space. And so I was copying and pasting these messages back and forth. And I'm thinking, Why don't we have a platform or why isn't there something available where we can share this information and, you know, help present opportunities for people that are looking for them? And I thought, well, okay, it doesn't exist. I'll create it. So um, that was kind of the idea shortly after Winnipeg and brought Emma on board pretty early. As she mentioned, we worked together last summer during the Team Ontario U18 um, Nationals in Regina um, you know, with the rest of, uh, Canada. So super exciting time. And Em and I became really close. We, um, you know, it was very evident and obvious that our passions aligned and our hard work aligned and, and our goals aligned with what we want to see the direction of football going specifically for women and, and girls and gender minorities. So. Um, brought em on board and you know we've been throwing ideas back and forth ever since august so it's been a couple months in the making and we're just so excited it's, it's almost here a month ago and it's still so surreal um, so february 18th and 19th in hamilton ontario at tim hortons field home of the tiger cats so we're super excited to be at a cfl stadium and um, i just have to say you know our partners have been absolutely amazing so shout out to football ontario nfl canada and the Hamilton Sports Group, we really couldn't put on this event without them. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, for me, um, once Taylor sort of brought me on, I was really... In a selfish way, I wanted to see this again for myself, like Coach T said, in order to make those connections and network a little bit, but also just to learn about other women in football. So that's, you know, one of our focuses of the weekend is having all of these speakers that have that experience in football. So whether it's like NFL, CFL, OUA experience, we just want to, them to share their journeys and, you know, give advice to the next generation of women and girls who want to get involved in football. Um, And then to my point earlier, because I don't have that like coaching background or like that strength and conditioning background, I really wanted to see, you know, the operations side of it, the team administration side of it and how I can sort of get into one of those paths later on
1: you mentioned home of the hamilton tiger cats um what's the support from the community but more so what's the support from the actually hamilton tiger cat organization been like
2: it's been amazing so far the community has been absolutely um so supportive and so excited about this event this is really the first event of its kind in Canada, the first football conference that is geared specifically to women and gender minorities uh, in the country. So we're super excited to make it happen. And honestly, for me, um, it hasn't really sunk in. I think it will probably the night before the conference when we're getting everything ready. But it's honestly a dream come true. Um and it makes me kind of emotional just thinking about it. And I know that, you know, this is an opportunity that I didn't have when I was younger. And um, alluded to this earlier, you know, there's been whether it's Team Ontario or whether it's the conference, I didn't have these opportunities when I was younger. And so it's really just about creating opportunities for the next generation or even people my age or older who they've always had a passion for football and they're thinking, OK, now's the time. Now I can, you know, attend the conference and take that first step on the, their football journey. So we're super excited about that. And I think it's also important to note that, yes, we have a lot of um trailblazers for women in football who are female um, or identify as a different gender but it's also important we do have um, a couple male speakers and I always highlight this because you know we can't have change happen without allies so bringing on um, male speakers and male allies who are super supportive of women in football is really important because we need them to um kind of lead the way for us in a sense and to open up those connections and networking opportunities you know if it wasn't for coach uh Corey grant and steph potastic at mcmaster university i don't even know if i'd be coaching today right so it's super important to have everyone come together and support women and gender minorities in
0: football Um, I think it just shows women as well that they deserve to be in football, Um, that even, you know, like when I was at Western University, even though it's a male prominent sport and, you know, you go on these, you know, trips on the weekend, and you're like one of three women that are working with the team, it's, it just shows women that, you know, you are valued within that team space, and that you do have something to contribute and something to offer, um, whether it be like coaching, officiating, administration, and those are all things that are going to be highlighted at the conference.
1: With it being the first annual, what is the goal looking like moving forward? Is this going to be maybe, a? have you thought about maybe have a, having a traveling one going into different every year, kind of like a different city, kind of making its way slowly across Canada? Is that something that you've thought of at all yet? Or are you just really getting ready for this first one?
2: Right now, we're about five months in since we came you know, up with the idea. So it's still really brand new. And I think we're putting, you know, all of our efforts into making this first annual uh, really one to remember. As Em said, it's um, really broad, so we're focusing on a lot of different topics, whether you're looking at getting into coaching or scouting or strength and conditioning or officiating, football ops, administration, league governance, whatever it is and whatever you're passionate about in the football landscape, there's going to be someone there that you can talk to and someone that you can connect with and you know maybe meet someone that can help you take that next step in your football journey, and that's really our ultimate goal. Um, In terms of long-term, Em and I haven't really had time to talk about that yet. We we say it's the first annual because we do want this to be a yearly event. Um, You know, I think it's important to offer it as an in-person option, but also a virtual option. So we're live in person in Hamilton, Ontario, but we do have a virtual stream that's available worldwide. So we're going to have other um, females in football tuning in from around the world. So we're super excited about that, but we'll have to see what happens in the future.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things we have uh, talked about is because this first annual conference is sort of all-encompassing of those different roles and uh, positions that you can have in football. One of the things we've talked about is maybe you know that branches off and there's one specifically for team operations there's one specifically for strength and conditioning but I think something exciting about this is that someone can come to the conference thinking I really want to continue in coaching and then maybe they see like the strength and conditioning side and they're like that's something I want to do and Um, again, I used to be an educator. So I think about like our, our younger people that are sort of coming in and they might say like, okay, maybe that's a path I take in college university after coming to this conference and just sort of getting that idea in their head.
2: And we also have a lot of current players that are coming and, you know, whether they played Team Ontario U18 last year, we actually have a couple ladies from Team Alberta coming. So we're super excited about that as well. So um, just bringing everyone together to celebrate females in football. So another opportunity is if you are a current player or you're coming to the end of your career, this is helping you really decide, you know, and look at the opportunities that do exist with continuing a career in football.
1: You mentioned, you know, there's some guest speakers coming up. You know, there's both male and female guest speakers. So, uh, I mean, I know you probably have a ton. It's a two-day event. But, yeah, who are some of the speakers that are coming?
0: For sure. So uh, Coach T had some really great connections with some of the coaches she met with the CFL Women in Football program. Um, So we have our keynote speaker, who is coach Tanya Henderson. We have our honored guest speaker, who is Tamara Jones. She's our honored guest speaker because she actually works for the Tiger Cats. So it's perfect. She gets to be in her home stadium and do that presentation there. Um, We have some international coaches as well. Um, We have coach Corey Grant coming. We have um, Alexia Tam, who is on the board of directors for Football Ontario. And she's also a safe sport expert. So she can talk about, you know, safe sport practices and that aspect as well. Um, We also have coach Mark Oulette, who is the head coach for Team Ontario U18 Women's Tackle. And I think we have about 25 speakers in total. So there's definitely something for everyone to enjoy at this conference.
2: And there's also opportunities, you know, we're really showcasing different opportunities. So, for example, we've got um, a scout from the Ottawa Red Blacks, who's going to be there as well. And she's um, been brought on, you know, with the team. She's also a coach, but she's also a scout. So it's really cool to see that. We've got Taylor Mickleborough, who's the first female official in the OUA. So really excited to have her there as well. We've got a a lot of really great um, people and speakers coming for the two-day event. So really excited about that.
1: So where can we find more information on the event? And where can people go and get some shopping done for the merch?
0: Yeah, for sure. So we have a website, it's called womensfootballconference.com. Super easy. So all of our information is on the website. There's also links to purchase our tickets. Um, and then our streaming provider, Millions, um, their stream links are on their website. That's also where people can buy their merch. But again, all of that's on our website. And on our Instagram, we are women's football conference as well.
1: Awesome. And I will be adding all those links on to this episode and onto to my main page from now until the uh, conference is over. So finally, uh, what message would you send to young ladies and women that want to get into football, regardless of the age, like you had mentioned earlier?
2: Just do it. Um, if football is your passion, there's a place for you. And we can help you find that, you know, if you're not able to attend the conference, connect with them or myself on social media. Um, We're super passionate about helping women and gender minorities get into this space. And, you know, something I always share is football is the ultimate team sport. Um, There's a role for every person, every body shape, you know, every ability. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how fast you are, how strong you are. You know, um, football is a sport for all. And that's something we're really excited to celebrate. For
0: sure. Mine is similar, but I'm going to use a phrase from JT, who's our director of sport at Football Ontario. And he always says, just throw your hat in the ring. So like, take that risk. If you see a posting for something that you're interested in doing, just apply to it. You never know what's going to happen. Like coach T applied to the CFL women in football program and look where she is now. I reached out to coach Greg Marshall at Western University and that sort of led me to where I am today. So even if it seems like taking a risk, just do it because you know you're going to be better off because of it
1: and uh one thing I want to mention here is I had normally I don't mention or I don't post about who's coming up in future episodes but for this one I wanted to and I have what's called the mailbag and it blew up real quick um we don't have a lot of time so I'm going to throw one out there is it okay to answer one question that was sent in for you guys okay cool for sure okay So this question comes from a fan of women's football. She said that she has been going to games, but the attendance has been low. So how do you go about building the fan base and building the attendance at games in places like the CCFL and WWCFL?
0: Yeah, so I think um, something I've started doing is just posting more on social media, and that seems like. Sort of like a a simple answer, but I think Coach T does something similar as well. She runs her social media accounts for her women's junior Guelph Griffins team. So she posts, you know, if there's practices going on or she posts if there's like a new player that signed and just to sort of have that presence. Um, Something else I'm trying to do for Football Ontario is just to post on our website. So people have an updated list of events that are happening. Cause I find that's something we struggle with is like so many awesome things are going on and those opportunities might be missed. So I find just posting on social media, you know, connecting with other women in football so that they can share those opportunities with their networks as well. And then that way it'll reach sort of the audience that it's intended to.
2: And for me, I think it's about, you know, having people from our community step up and offer these opportunities. I think that's what's so important is spreading the message that, you know, women do want to be involved in football and there is a space for them. So it's just sharing the opportunities that do exist. And then if you have someone that, you know, is connected or is a coach or, you know, use those connections and network and just, you know, if you don't ask the question, you're never going to know. So don't have any regrets and just go for it.
1: Thank you so much, Uh, Taylor McIntyre, Emily Todd. It was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you both for coming today. It was wonderful speaking to you. Awesome.
2: Thank Thank you so much for having us.
1: That was my conversation with Taylor McIntyre and Emily Todd with the upcoming first annual Women's Football Conference, February 18th and 19th, taking place at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. It's going to be a great event and you guys should really all go and check it out. And of course, as always, you can follow us on social media on Instagram at Around the CFL Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're loving it, please feel free to leave a five-star rating. We will be back again next week, but for now, that is it and we'll see you later.